In the book, I provide the definition of woke as a socio-political ideology that's characterized by the manipulation of noble goals um, for the destruction and control of society by radical left-wing zealots. In this world today, there is so much going on called woke. Do we even know what that really means? But there's a very interesting book out. It's called Woke Proof Your Life, a handbook on escaping modern political madness and shielding yourself from and your family by living a more self-sufficient, fulfilling life. That caught my attention. Uh, everyone is trying to woke proof, especially their children, because our children are exposed everywhere uh, on everything they have, every device, every computer, their schools, their friends. How do you go about woke-proofing your life, your children's lives? We're going to find out right now from Teresa Mall, the author. Stay tuned to this episode of The John Henry Weston Show. Listen, dear friends, long gone are the days where you and I could just simply trust what the nightly news broadcasted or consider what we read in the local newspaper as the truth. The mainstream media deceives the world, telling them bold-faced lies and often using fear to scare and control the masses. Now, how many of you are already seeing your friends and family back to grabbing their masks or scheduling another vaccine due to the uptake the media is covering about COVID or something else? Well, we've had enough. We can't let the mainstream media shape our culture and influence our family and friends. We must make sure that the truth is available to all to remind and warn the world of the lies that are continuing to be spread. So today at LifeSite, we kick off our fall campaign, and I need your help to strengthen LifeSite's voice for truth, to keep LifeSite News fully operational in the United States, Canada, and around the world. We must raise 500000 by October the 1st. So please pause this video now. Pray right now about making a contribution, and then do as you are called to do by the Lord. Thank you for your attention. And now, back to the program. Teresa Mall, so good to be with you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's begin, as we always do, with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, Teresa, if you can start off telling us, what is woke anyway? Because I think that's, you know, we have some vague idea. It's everything left. It's all the agenda of the um, LGBT crowd. Or what is it? Yeah, in the in the book, I provide the definition of woke as a socio-political ideology that's characterized by the manipulation of noble goals um, for the destruction and control of society by radical left-wing zealots. <laughs> that's a long way of saying that it's essentially a form of evil. Um, there's nothing really new about wokeness and what they're trying to accomplish. It's just uh, they have some updated terminology. And I think it's purposely confusing, vague, and misleading because that's uh, that's how the enemy sees an easier way to to capture people. They they use this these nice terms like diversity and equity and inclusion, all these things that sound good, but they're just they're smoke screens for a uh, a pretty sinister scheme. So once you recognize what wokeness is, is that it's a form of evil and then it's a form of radical, uh, liberal uh, radicalism, um, you can recognize what it is and defeat it. It's interesting what you say that that starts with noble goals. I I like that you started there because it it's too weird to think 
that most of the world is sucked in by something that doesn't appear good. What are some of the noble goals that they propose? Right. So everybody wants a world that is welcoming and diverse in theory. Um, we want people to love one another and to be happy, quote unquote. So you, the, you look at the LGBT movement and that's all rainbows, cheerful colors, parades, um, you know, just simple love. They make it so simple and nice sounding. But whenever you look at what the fruits of the woke movement are, all of them are rotten. Um, they put on these uh, wishy-washy, nice sounding terms, and then they even um, veil them further by making them into these quick little um, letters, DEI, ESG, these sorts of things that make it even more difficult to um, see what they really are and what they really mean. They're not even saying the words out loud, <laughs> out loud anymore. Um, and then they become smoke screens. And what they actually accomplish is not love. You know, um, you look at what the LGBT movement brings about for these people. Um, physically, what it manifests is something like three times the rate of depression and anxiety among the transgender community. It's six times um, likelihood of being diagnosed with depression and six times more likely to uh, attempt to commit suicide. So uh, you can say that it's happy and love is love and have all these, these cheerful colors all you want and have parades for this kind of lifestyle, but what it brings about is really destructive and it truly is the culture of death. So this is a pretty um, heavy topic for you. And how'd you get into this anyway? And why very many people, particularly young people would um, like yourself would veer away from this because it's like, you know, really, um, you put yourself out there when you write something <laughs> like this. How come? Yeah, I just uh, felt that the world that I grew up in was calmer, more peaceful, uh, that people tended to look at one another with a more charitable attitude. You know, I, when I was growing up, it just felt like society, American culture was more patriotic. It was certainly more Christian in its mindset and the way that we treated one another. And as I've gotten older, and especially in the last three years since the COVID pandemic, it just seems like everybody is so angry. Everybody has to take a side on something political. You know, it used to be rude, considered rude to talk about politics and religion in public. And now it's basically a sin of omission if you don't. You know, everybody is pitted against one another. And it's just, it's an angry world. I don't think it's productive. It's not making people holier or healthier or happier. And I wanted to get back to to that childhood that I remember. And um, I... Uh, I just, I was sick of it personally. And <laughs> I tell this story in the book. At one point I purchased my favorite shampoo and I went to use it and I looked down and there was a rainbow flag on it. And I thought, you know, enough is enough. Is there nothing I can do in this world? Even something so innocent as simple as buying a shampoo that I am contributing to this radical cause that is destroying our society. So I wanted to diagnose what the problem is, how we got this way and what we can do about it, how we can offer a cure for our country. Very interesting. So, okay, how do we do some of this? This is a problem for individuals, but I think a lot of parents are at this point where help, our kids are being sucked into this vortex. We don't even know what to do, how to, how to save them from this, how to get out. How do you woke-proof your life? Well, the first step um, I stole from scripture is <laughs> seek ye first the kingdom of God. You know, 
we see wokeness rising and taking over a country as we as a people continue to lose our faith in Christ and our belief in God. Gallup does a poll every year of values and beliefs, and we see the more we abandon God, the more wokeness swoops in and takes hold and, and kind of replaces what we used to value and what our traditions used to be. So we certainly need to get back on a God-centered track. You know, you take God out of the picture. It's kind of like the jingle piece, Jenga piece and and the whole rest of the of, of the society falls apart. So I, I encourage people to um, to speak out, to share their faith with others. If you uh, if you don't have religion to to seek to see, seek a, a church community and just say a prayer, start out. It's that easy. Just just at least uh, give God a chance, because what the woke culture is offering you is nothing but misery. And we see that. So that's the first step. Um, from there, educate yourself, your friends, your family, anybody who will listen. There are several resources I include in the book about ways that people who maybe had a lackluster education growing up or who just want to refresh themselves in truth, beauty, and goodness can find amazing resources. Some of them are free and, and all of them are very affordable ways that you can arm yourself with truth and the knowledge and wisdom shared to us by the greatest thinkers of, of all time. Um, that we have um, as resources now to, in fighting this woke culture because there's nothing new about it. <laughs> it's nothing new under the sun with this type of evil. So find God, educate yourself. Uh, I also encourage people to consider their use of technology, whether you're using your screen time as a resource or a recourse. You know, technology is obviously a great blessing. It allows us to do so many wonderful, amazing things. But it can also be a grave distraction from our relationship with God and with each other. So uh, be, really be guarded of your senses and those of the, of the people around you, especially if you have young children. You know, it's, you wouldn't allow somebody, some random stranger to put any sort of substance into your mouth, but we are allowing the woke world to do that to our minds and our ears and our hearts and our souls whenever we pick up our phones and we just randomly start scrolling and fill our precious time with so much uh, woke rhetoric and um, and lies. So just be really guarded about your screen time. And and if you if you reduce your screen time, you're going to have plenty of, of free time to do wonderful things, to take advantage of the, the beautiful world that God has given us. I encourage people to take up hobbies and to volunteer and to get involved in their community so we can get back to that uh, real life world that makes us love one another and I really believe that wokeness sort of lives and dies online. Uh, you know, we didn't, we weren't arguing about what a woman is or whether a man can chest feed. I can't even believe that's a term, but, um, you know, th three years ago, even before COVID or certainly before cell phones were able to uh, disseminate so much propaganda and chaos, which I think most of it is artificial and made up because whenever you go into the real world and you talk to your, your fellow neighbor, um, none of this stuff really comes up. It doesn't occur to anybody to talk about this stuff. So um, be guarded with your screen time and spend your time more more wisely. And uh, and I, I advise nature. Nature is a, a great cure. Hey, my friends, now is the time to stand up and fight. We are just about to have the Synod on Synodality and everything that you've seen indicates that it's going to be an absolute disaster. We have... Father James Martin, as a personal appointee of the Pope speaking at it. We've got Cardinal Supic, Cardinal Tobin. These 
picks of the Pope to engage in this synod are indicative of where we're going. We're going into heresy. And at these times of great crisis, the church, especially those called in the laity to work for the glory of Christ in his church, are called to gather and strategize. Back in 2014, LifeSite launched something called Rome Life Forum. It was a gathering at that point of some 75 life and family leaders from all around the world to strategize as to what we could do. And when we gathered, the majority of people were most concerned about what? About Pope Francis, about what was going on in Rome. But this was 2014, but the life and family leaders saw it first. Now, a decade on, we are confronted with some of the most severe challenges the church has ever faced. And so our tradition at LifeSite is to continue with Rome Life Forum, which has continued every year until we had to take a break over COVID because we weren't permitted, but we're starting it up again. Please come, if you feel so called, to Rome, October 31st and November 1st, the very end of the Synod on Synodality, and uh, we'll be there to strategize with His Eminence, with His Excellency, and with many life and family leaders from around the world. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston, and may God bless you. Beautiful. One of the things you mentioned was that this, this sounds all benevolent, but it's really sinister, but it's meant about control. What, what did you mean about that? So you lure people into all of these noble sounding goals, diversity, equity, inclusion. You get people to believe that what they're doing is virtuous, even though it really requires nothing of them. Um, and what it what it does, since wokeness is an absence of God, you take God out of the picture and people are empty. They feel purposeless. They feel lost. Um, and they want to fill that void in their lives. So wokeness swoops in and says, I can fill it for you. Um, look into yourself, which is a very easy thing to do for us self-centered <laughs> humans. Um, so whenever you do that, you're you're filling yourself up. You're thinking about what, what can you get from other people. You look at people um, looking toward their neighbors. Oh, they owe me something. They're bigoted. They offended me. Um, they owe me reparations or whatever it is. Um, and so much of what wokeness offers is the solution. You know, you look toward government to give you a handout because you have been wronged some way. So you're looking toward um, somebody else to provide for you because you're owed this thing. It makes you into a very selfish person. And once you're reliant more and more on the government and you're uh, believing their lies and you're looking toward them for, or these leaders who tell you that they have all the answer and that they will take care of you and provide for you because you are owed these things. That's whenever they start to control you because they take away your independence, your self-sufficiency, um, and they're controlling the narrative. We see that with so many of these corporations. And whenever they do that and you give yourself so much to this new type of God, this new woke puppet master for all of your answers and all of your meaning in life, um, that's whenever they're able to control you. Hmm. So tell us about uh, the World Economic Forum. You know, they're saying of you'll own nothing and be happy. How does that fit in with the whole world culture? Right. So what I promote 
in the book is people being conscientious consumers, because as we see with the Bud Lights of the world, the targets, the Dodger Stadium um, debacle, where they were trying to promote, um, you know, demonic, uh, just just awfulness, and people rejected that. Um, so whenever we're giving our money, though, to these corporations that we've trusted over the years, and so many of them have created products and services that we as Americans have embraced and loved and enjoyed over the years and have become so much a part of our culture, but we've been funding them. And now they're kind of pulling the rug out from under us and saying, oh, you know, well, you've given us billions of dollars and now we get to control the narrative because you're reliant upon us. Um, people are saying no to that. But um, so with the self-sufficiency aspect of it, whenever you are able to do things for yourself, whenever you're able to become a conscientious consumer and avoid these corporations altogether, that is whenever you're able to take the power back and take the rhetoric back. And fortunately, there's still plenty of companies who are uh, non-woke or neutral, and we see more of them rising up and giving us options as traditional-minded Christians who don't want to fund this terrible woke culture anymore. Um, and, and sometimes whenever you don't have an option um, or you feel that you don't, um, it can be uh, a life-giving task or skill to seek out um, your own options, to, to learn a new skill, to to go into the garden and make something of your own and just to find beauty in, in creating and, and um, uniting with our creator and, and learning something new, using your intellect and becoming more alive. How, so this is a big deal because people banking is a, is a prime example. Find a bank that doesn't support that whole agenda. How do you do that? There's a few resources in the book. There's one um, that's that's become very popular recently. It's called the Public Square Act, and it's referred to kind of as the Patriot Economy, which is a resource for people who are looking for non-woke corporations to tell them who these corporations are, or who these companies are that they can turn to, who have the same values that they do. So that's one place that you can go. There's another one called New Founding, which is sort of the reverse of the ESG movement, environmental social governments, which, um, you know, it's hard for non-woke companies to find funding and to find banks, as you, as you said. And what this a company does new founding is to unite people who are like-minded with there might be a billionaire out there who's afraid to speak up and say that he is anti-woke or conservative and they actually just brokered a multi-million dollar deal with uh with a um, an investor and a new company to start up um, but it was kind of done behind the scenes because it is so difficult to do this kind of work in the in the woke public square so to speak so there are certainly and i list them in the book um uh, resources out there help people find the non-woke culture. And then I think also um, through boycotts, I have a guide to boycotting, how to do micro boycotts, how to speak out and protest. You know, there's not much good in protesting if the companies don't know why you're doing it. Um, so I have a guide to do that. Um, and I think as, as things like Bud Light happen and more and more companies see that the American people don't want this, and there are so many traditional people who their the woke, woke crowd is outnumbered, that they will send the message and they will abandon their woke rhetoric um, or go out of business. So you would actually suggest, uh, for instance, uh, when you see the rainbow sticker on that restaurant that you and your wife are going to go to, or you and your husband are going to go to, that you you would avoid it, but you would actually go in and tell them, 
oh, it's too bad. Like I, we were just going to come in, but we saw this on your window and it's offensive. And so we're going. Yes. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I, I talked to a guy in the book who describes his experience in doing things like that. He went to a bookstore and they had all these children's books out right in front and they were half of them were about being gay and transgender and all of those things. And he asked to speak to the manager and you don't have to be rude about it, but he said he described it as putting these companies on notice because, uh, you know, you get 30, 50 people doing that. Uh, that's it's going to make a, an impact. So it's certainly important to make your voice heard and to stand up and and be a role model. You know, maybe somebody who's standing in line to go to that restaurant hears you and in their conscience, you know, they're thinking, oh, I really shouldn't be supporting this place either. And they say you do it and they turn around and walk out too and, and let their voices heard too. So certainly uh, we need to speak out and and let them know. That's neat. And it, it's great that you say do it without anger because I think um, – that would go a lot further if you could do it in a calm manner, but be very resolute and firm about it. But uh, very calm, even, you know, oh, it's so too bad. Um, you know, wish we'd come, love the food, but um, you just made it really difficult. You know, I'm a Catholic or I'm a Christian or whatever you might say. Um, and, you know, that that's offensive stuff to us. So, you know, some way of phrasing it that gets the message across, but it's not um, antagonistic toward them. It's just, you know, expressing regret. Right. I think compassion goes a lot farther. Uh, compassionate attitude. Um, you can be polite about it, but as you said, firm. Um, I wrote, wrote a piece about this also whenever it comes to discussing woke rhetoric with people you know and love and care about, or even just somebody you encounter, maybe you strike up a random conversation about something and it it uh, goes into the, the woke, woke realm um, how to consider, you know, don't write these people off. Maybe they actually have been taken in by the smoke screens, by all those noble terms that that the woke puppets use. Um, and uh, there's a great line from that F. Scott Fitzgerald uses at the beginning of the Great Gatsby. He says, essentially, remember that not everybody has had the advantages that you have had. So maybe this person uh, did not grow up in a Christ-filled home. Maybe they didn't get to go to nice schools that were loving and wholesome and taught them the value of love and uh, true love and what that means, or they didn't have discipline or, or whatever it is. You know, maybe they haven't had the chance to encounter truth yet, um, and this is your opportunity to do so. So I would uh, encourage people to um, to look at everybody as a unique person. Just because they go along with some woke stuff doesn't mean certainly that they're bad or that they're damned or anything. Um, just try to speak to them and see if their heart is open to learning and and to truth and to go from there. Sometimes you do have to shake the dust from your feet, certainly, but um, you know you have to you have to give people a chance. One of the big questions that's going to come up is for parents, parents dealing with their own children who have accepted some of this ideology or seem to be heading in that direction. What do we do to bring them back to to uh, talk to them in the way they may they might hear? Hello, LifeSite friends. To celebrate the momentous overturning of Roe v. Wade, we at LifeSite have minted just under 10,000 brand new limited edition pro-life silver rounds. Each round is stamped on the back with an image of the Supreme Court of the United States featuring the date that the High Court delivered this historic victory. And on the front of our pure silver rounds, we feature LifeSite's logo, surrounded by brilliant sunbursts and draped with olive branches, and each round commemorates LifeSite's 25 years of pro-life, pro-family reporting in America, Canada, 
and beyond. These one troy ounce rounds are 0.999 pure silver, and LifeSite has just under 10,000 in stock. They're beautiful, historic, and forever enshrining the most important American pro-life victory of a generation. This first edition LifeSite silver round is the perfect gift for yourself or anyone you love that collects precious metals and is passionately pro-life. And each purchase helps directly fund LifeSite's pro-life and pro-family mission. This is the first precious metals collectible of its kind that is directly supporting LifeSite's worldwide mission that you know, love, and trust. And now it can be yours while limited supplies last. Get your one troy ounce rounds of 99% pure silver today by clicking the first link below and celebrate life with all of us at LifeSite News. Yeah, certainly you know, don't ostracize them. Don't be rude. Don't be cruel. You love them. You care about them. The goal obviously is, is to get them to heaven. So just cutting them off is not going to be productive. So, um, I do lay out in the book, all the reasons why LGBT, DEI, ESG, climate change, all of these woke agendas are evil and what they lead to and why. So I would encourage people just not to give up on those they love and care about, but to lead them gently as, as they can back to the truth and just to, to point out instances without being super preachy. Um, I don't, I don't find that effective to me, <laughs> certainly, so I don't think it would work on somebody I, who disagrees with me. Um, and obviously, of course, to keep them in your prayers, because, um, you know, you look at St. Augustine's mother, she prayed for how many years, and then he was finally converted. So, so I would say, you know, even if somebody is not listening to you, or not appearing to listen to you, they might be hearing you with their heart. And uh, some people are more stubborn than others, it takes a little bit longer. But to to keep praying about it and and keep uh lodging truth bombs their way <laughs> in a gentle loving way and lead okay. by example of course obviously and a lot of people when you were just mentioning their uh your list they might raise an eyebrow and say, wait, wait 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 a minute you included in all of the anti-life anti-family stuff climate change why climate change isn't that just normal what what's wrong with climate change yeah, I think climate change is the uh, well, kind of the scariest form of wokeness because you see both sides taken in by it. Um, climate change is also the the most vague of all. I think you know it started out as global warming, then it was weird weather. I think global cooling was in there, and you see the people who uh, proclaim the climate hysteria really manipulate the terminology to whatever will suit them. And they finally settled on climate change because that can be anything. Um, and they blame every single instance of weather on climate change. And it's all our fault, even though they don't have any evidence to prove that. And whenever you look at the way that these people um, enact their or act on the, the hysteria that they stir up, I would say, um, it always requires the rest of us to do something, the rest of us to live our lives more poorly. And in some cases, if you're very poor, for instance, if you live in Africa where um, using fossil fuels has has caused a survival rate to skyrocket, you know, we have all these amazing technologies because of fossil fuels. If you take that away from people who are really struggling at the at the poverty level, a lot of them do die Um so you look at, again, the fruits of what climate change 
brings about and the absolute hypocrisy of the people who are the biggest peddlers of this narrative. You look at Al Gore, Leonardo DiCaprio, people like that. They're not changing their lives at all. If you really truly believed, as Joe Biden says, that climate change is the biggest threat to humanity, even worse than nuclear weapons, and then you just continue to jet around the world on your planes and not to change your life one iota, uh, I really, I don't believe you. <laughs> and then you see what they accomplish through uh, this, this hysteria that they're, uh, that they're bringing about. And they are the people who gain. They are the ones who control the rest of us. We are the ones who give up our gas stoves and our gas-powered vehicles, and they don't have to do anything. Um, we're the ones who suffer. So that kind of tells you all you need to know about climate change right there. Indeed. Indeed. Teresa Mull, thank you so much. Woke Proof Your Life, available at Sophia Press um, and anywhere good books are sold. Thank you so much for joining us, Teresa. Thank you for having me. God bless you. And God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.